Dr. Clapper. Yes, hi. Hi, uh, I'm Wen. Uh, I'm the student who has been contacting you with like our uh, new project. Yes, hi, how are you? Hi, um, before we do anything else, let me write down your cell number because we've been having a lot of power outages in my building today. Oh, and I see. I, if I need to call you back on my cell phone, I won't be able to get the number off my phone. So okay. what's, your, what's, what's your number, please? Uh, is 667. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Uh, 667. Yeah, 207. 207. And 1084. 1084? Yes. Okay, sorry, hopefully that won't happen, but just in case. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so my name is Wynn. I'm a sophomore at Goucher. And um, I just really to thank you for taking your time to talk with me today, like about the project and everything. Sure. Uh, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of background information about the project. Okay. So this project was started by Cynthia Terry, who is our current chaplain. She wanted to collect stories of alumni and alumni about their religious experience as a goucher. And uh, it was also for the celebration of the new Goldsmith Interface Center. She first did the project with Nijad Ibrahim last winter in 2019. They brainstormed the project and laid a lot of the foundation work for the project. And this winter, I'm the one who is taking over the project and trying to help to expand it a little bit more. This interview will be recorded and preserved uh, in the Gaucho Library Archive. And we actually like hoping to put some of the materials online. And that's just why we asked you to like sign a consent form and everything. Okay. So yeah. Um, oh, and also you can refuse to answer any question or say things off record, but like you would need to state that before. Um, so yeah. I guess we can get started with like a little introduction from you. Okay, well, what would you like me to talk about? I, I graduated from Goucher in 1995. Um, I actually finished in the December of 1994. I mean, I'm, I'm a class of 1995, but I finished the semester early. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't at all actually in 1995, except for, except for graduation. Um, I came to Goucher after going to a private Jewish girls school in Baltimore and so I'm an observant Jewish person and the entire time I was at Goucher I was the only observant Jewish person there which was familiar for people from my high school there had to, at the time there was typically maybe one student at a time from my high school who went to Goucher so I was kind of it for my generation so to speak and then actually I have a sister who's three years younger than I am and one of her friends went to Goucher after me but we didn't overlap because she studied abroad in Israel first so um, at the time that I was a Goucher in the early 90s, it was very common for there to be literally one Orthodox Jewish person on campus at a time. Um, I didn't care, <laughs> you know, um, but it also meant that, you know, and I, I'm not blaming Goucher for this at all, but they had no services to support an observant person, which is why I lived at home like all the other people who went to my high school. Like, you know, until relatively recently, it was very difficult for an observant Jewish person to live on campus. Um, at that time, there was food kosher food. Um, the way the dorms were set up would have made Sabbath observance kind of difficult. So all of us who went knew, okay, we were going to get this great education and go to a wonderful school, but we'd have to live at home. Mm -hmm. And it was fine. I, you know, if you knew that going in, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so, 
So um, take me back a little bit before Goucher. What were your interaction with re- religion like? I'm sorry, can you say that again? I, I, know, I know you're recording this, but it's making it a little fuzzier, so I'm having some trouble hearing you. Oh, uh, yeah, um, of course. So take me back a little bit before Goucher. What were your okay. interaction with religion? I'm sorry, what was my what with religion? What were your interactions with religion? Oh, I, I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home and community, and I went to or- I went to Jewish schools my entire life, up oh. till college. Oh. So I was very immersed in a um, world of Jewish experience and education. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did your family practice your religion? How, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm not trying to be difficult, but I'm having some trouble hear, hearing oh. your words. How oh. much is my family? Uh, how did your family practice your religion, like at home? Yes, yes. I grew up in an observant Jewish home. So that meant we kept the Jewish dietary laws, we observed the Jewish Sabbath and all the holidays, um, you know, in, in many ways. The fact that we were a religious home had a big impact on all of our lives all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, what were some of the most memorable moments around the ways your family practiced? Um, well, the Jewish calendar is different than the secular calendar, so there's a whole series of holidays, and that was very that very much shaped kind of the rhythm of our lives. Every Saturday, Friday night, to Saturday is the Sabbath. There's lots of holidays throughout the year in which we would do certain things or not do certain things. Foods, we go to synagogue services, so um, it was just part of the rhythm of our lives. And then, as I said, I always attended private Jewish schools from the time I was in kindergarten through 12th grade. So it was very, you know, very central to my family life. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, wow. Um, was my religion a major consideration for you when you apply to colleges? No, not at all. <laughs> no, oh wow! I, did, I I didn't. I just knew, you know, I would go someplace. I would either live at home and go someplace, and it wouldn't matter so much what kind of religious life was on campus because I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I mean, that was really what I decided. I I didn't. I wasn't. There is. Um, there are a couple of Jewish colleges mm-hmm. in New York. There's one for women called Stern College, and I did not want to go there. Um, I I didn't think it was academically as rigorous is what I was looking for, and I actually wanted to have, you know, start meeting some other kinds of people, <laughs> so <laughs> even though I was I was certainly not abandoning anything about my religious life, I was not looking for any, you know, for any support for it or a religious life that would match mine on campus. Oh, I thought oh. it was time to get, get out a little. <laughs> so I didn't, but, I, but, but it did mean that I was limited in where I applied. I could only apply to schools where there, there was either an Orthodox Jewish community of some size, or where, like a Goucher, I could just live at home. Mm-hmm. And that was the option that I decided to prefer. There are now, I mean, you know, all these years later, there's way more schools that you can go to that offer support for a large Orthodox Jewish community, like Maryland, for instance. The University mm-hmm. of Maryland is now a place where lots of Orthodox Jewish kids go. But when I was graduating from high school in 1991, that wasn't true. Um, so there weren't very many places that you could really go, and I, you know, always had an affinity for Goucher. I kind of always wanted to go there, and I knew it would not be a problem to live at home, so mm-hmm. I just didn't 
like religion then was not really part of the equation for me in that way. Oh wow. Then I'm curious, like why did you choose Goucher? I just I knew about it and I knew about the history a little bit. I went to a girls' high school, so the fact that Goucher had been a women's college and wasn't anymore, you know, both of those things were appealing to me. Um, you know, I always knew it was there because I'm from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't, I mean, I can't tell you when I first heard about it. I have no idea, but I, you know, always knew about about it. And um, I knew my family was friends. Like I said, for my high school, there was typically one girl a year who went there, and my family was friendly with the girl who was ahead of me. <laughs> so I knew her, <laughs> and I knew she was having a good experience. Um, and I liked the idea of small classes, and I wanted, I liked the idea of a liberal arts school. Um, and I also, I mean. So all those things made Goucher very appealing to me. And then, you know, the decision was final because I ended up winning a very significant um, merit scholarship. They had, in those days, what were called Dean's scholarships. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think my year was the first year they had them. Oh. I think I was the first class that could get them, and I won one of those. And, of course, after that, there was nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, I did apply other places. I could have gone to Hopkins, but I actually preferred to go to Goucher, and then they gave me more money. So. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Um, That's yeah. That's yeah. That's really interesting. But I also I just liked it there. I mean, the first time I came to visit, I remember coming with my mother, and I just I really I liked the campus. I liked every professor that I met. As it turned out, several of the professors that I met during the dean scholarship interviewing process were people that I ended up taking lots of classes with. Oh. Um, Just everybody that I met there just seemed so great to me. (laughs) I really I loved it. So I was very, very happy that it all worked out. I did study abroad in Israel the first semester after high school, but then I came back and started going to the second semester of freshman year. Oh, well, I'm glad you like it. Yep. <laughs> Still a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were some of the moments in your college experience when your identity as a religious minority was most visible? Um, well, I always had to explain to my professors that I would be missing lots of days of classes for religious holiday observance. It was never a problem. No one ever gave me anything like a problem, but they weren't used to this kind of schedule or calendar. And so, you know, every semester I had to say to professors, okay, you know, I'm going to be out for Passover these days, or I'm going to be out for Sukkot these days. So I didn't miss, I'm usually somebody who's always in class, but for the first time in my life, since I'd always been in Jewish school, which didn't have classes on holidays, for the first time in my life, I had to explain, you know, what these holidays were to professors who might not have heard of some of them. Um, and so then I was, it was very visible then. And like I said, you know, I've said a few times, there was always somebody from my high school at Goucher, but the person who was a few years ahead of me was pre-med. And so we didn't have a lot of the same professors. You know, I wasn't kind of saying, oh, you know, to a biology professor, oh, I'm doing what Yael did. And it wasn't the same people because I was doing history and English and education. Mm-hmm. So um, that was when I would, I would say I felt the most visible. It was never a problem, but I did have to identify myself immediately, you know, on the first day of class every semester. I would just, you know, check in and say, you know, here, give them a list, here's the date. So I'm just not going to be here. I'm sorry. I'll make it up. You know, it'll be fine. Oh, well, uh, it seemed like you're still like trying to uh, keep up with a lot of the characteristic of your religion when you're in Goucher. So uh, I'm ah. curious. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, I'm sorry. Go on. What were you gonna say? Uh, so I'm curious. Like, did you end up changing the way or like the intensity of your practice while at Goucher? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, not in my personal life. The main difference was that my social world bigger 
mm-hmm. and did not consist primarily of people who were like me and religious observance. But uh, so that that was a change, but one that I you know chose at that point in my mm-hmm. life, and it, it made it really made no difference to my level of observance or anything like that. Oh well. So, uh, do you feel like um, yourself changing a lot when you like back home for break, and just like how you interact with your religion is it different when you like at home? Yeah, nothing really changed because I was living at home the whole time. Oh, I see. And the yeah. truth is, the vast majority of my friends, my high school, of course, I made some new friends mm-hmm. in Goucher, but my high school friends all also all lived at home and went to college. Some went to Towson. Yeah. Or to UMBC. Mm-hmm. But I, my social life wasn't that different in a lot of ways because it was a lot of the same people. We just weren't in the same school. We weren't seeing each other every day. So it didn't change all that much, to be honest, I, you know, in terms of my social life. I didn't, I didn't break, you know, breaks didn't matter as much because I was living at home anyway. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I didn't feel, and I, yeah, I, and I, I didn't feel that there was kind of much change as a result. I mean, for the first time, maybe I had to explain things to mm-hmm. some people. Um, which I hadn't had to do, being in a much more homogeneous environment before this. Mm-hmm. But I didn't find that, and it was, you know, so I, you know, I, I met some people, and I, I would have to say that, you know, I, I, I can't go out with you guys on Friday night. Don't do that, but, yeah. you know. So that that did, I would say that maybe curtailed my social life, so to speak, a little bit. Um, but it didn't bother me because I was, it was just, I just took it for granted. I know you're. I know it would be nice. Like it's more interesting. I mean, I'm a historian, so I understand it's more interesting when you find conflict. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really feel that much conflict. I just knew going in, I was going to be a commuter student. Of course, I'd make friends. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do some stuff with them, and probably not. And I wouldn't. Go, I didn't like to go out to eat, even if I wasn't going to eat myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like to spend time in non-kosher places, so I didn't usually go out with people. I mean, it's one thing to go to, like, the cafeteria and sit there with a Diet Coke while people are eating lunch, that's fine. But I didn't, like, go out with people so much. Mm. But I knew all that going in, and I didn't care. And I still had my other social life off campus with friends who were having similar experiences wherever they were in school. So, mm. you know, it, it just there wasn't a lot of conflict. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit, I'm sure that some of the people that I met thought that I was a little weird. But they didn't, I didn't treat me that way. I didn't feel that. Um. You know, at the, like I said, at the time, there just weren't, this population was not represented on campus, which is not true today. I mean, it's very different. There was almost no Jewish life on campus when I was there. Mm-hmm. There was a teeny, teeny, tiny little Hillel group, mm-hmm. and their idea of doing something Jewish was to watch Seinfeld and eat bagels and cream cheese. And I was like, whatever, I'm not going to stick around on campus to do that. <laughs> so I never, I never went to that stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't need my affirmation of my Jewishness to come from campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's important that they had that, and I think it was fine for the other students. But you know, what they have now is much, much more robust yeah. and meaningful. That's true. <laughs> and that, that did not exist oh. you know, when I was there. If you had told me in 1993 that you know someday there'd be not only a kosher dining hall, but one that everybody on campus went to because the food was better, because that's what I hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody socializes there, I would have been amazed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh. So like. Did you like find resources outside of Goucher that like help you in navigating your like religious identity? Um, I you know continued doing what I had been doing before. I attended synagogue services. Mm-hmm. I spent time with my family and with friends on the Sabbath and on holidays. You know, like I said, the rhythm of my life had always been sh- and continues to be even now shaped by the Jewish calendar in many ways. 
So now I'm on the other side of the desk. I'm a professor, but I still have on my syllabus two days. I mean, I'm starting class later today, and I have on my syllabus two days when I will not be there because of Passover. So mm-hmm. it's still true. <laughs> you know? So that hasn't really changed. Um, so, and I would say, you know, the fact that I was still hanging out with a lot of my high school friends, you know, this is, of course, is right after high school. I'm not necessarily friends with all these people today, all these years later, but at the time, that was just how kind of the social world that I was enrolled. You know, you stayed friends with a lot of the same people who were having similar experiences, you know, at Towson or Goucher or UMBC or, or Hopkins or wherever. Um, and that, you know, so I, I, I kind of engaged in all the same ways that I had been before. And then I also, um, I made an effort, you know, I had been the kind of school that I went to, the Jewish day school, what they're called, they're called day school. Mm-hmm. Those Jewish schools have a dual curriculum. They have, you know, like, you know, part of the day in Judaic studies and then part of the day in you know, regular high school stuff. And I've had an education like that my entire life. And I didn't want to totally stop doing anything Jewish when I got mm-hmm. to college. So I attended classes in my community. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, maybe one or two a week. You know, like I made an effort to keep learning Jewish stuff while I was having my regular education too. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's really seem like that is easier for you to kind of like um, keep in contact with your religions because you're like not on campus. Uh, that's really interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been, the thing is though, for people, I would say, and this is still true, I mean, now Goucher is a place that observant Jewish kids can go very easily because there's a whole cluster and there's you know, kosher food and all the services. But generally speaking, observant kids, unless they're tr- unless they don't want to be observant anymore, and this does happen, but observant kids who want to remain more or less where they are, you know, choose campuses to go to, mm-hmm. either where they can live at home or where they or where there's a you know a, a um, enough of a cohort of people to keep them you know have a community, a religious community. They choose places where they can go that will support that. So that's just part of the decision making process. Um, and like I said, at the time, Maryland would not have been an option, particularly. But then it, became, it has become one since then. Um, you know, where I teach now, I teach at Rowan University, which is in South Jersey. It's actually very similar to Towson. It started off as a normal school. It has a very, it's very similar. It's a public state university. It's a lot like Towson. Um, that's where I teach now. And if any observant kid asked me now if he or she should go to Rowan, I would say no. Not unless they're going to live at home, because there's no kosher food, and there's no support, and there's a very, very tiny little Jewish student organization that doesn't do much, and so it's not a good place to go if you want to sustain, you know, a certain level of commitment. You know, if you're not religious, or if you're not, well, if you're not Orthodox, I should say, because of course you can be religious without being Orthodox, I don't, but if you're not Orthodox, it does, then, then it is a place you can go, there is some Jewish life on campus. So it really depends, I think people make choices about what they want to find. There's a zillion Jewish kids all over the United States who are not Orthodox, but still only want to go someplace where there's at least going to be some Jewish life on campus. So, and Goucher did have that, but like I said, it was this very, it wasn't religious, it was cultural Judaism, mm. which is great, you know, that's great for some people, but if you're religious, that wouldn't be enough. Oh, I see. Well, that's interesting. Because uh, I, I think it's like a lot of things that change on campus, like regarding improving like student religious life. So it's really interesting to listen to these stories to see how things were before. Yeah, I think they've changed a lot. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't speak to what has happened with other religious groups, but I know that the, the growth of what's available on campus for Jewish students is tremendous mm-hmm. since I graduated. It's just you know, it, it's a really a, a, a sea change. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
so um, how do you feel that your religious experience as Gaucher has shaped your postgraduate relationship with your faith? Um, you know, like I said, I don't have a great answer to that because I'm not sure it has all that much, to be mm. honest. <laughs> you know, I, I had a pretty consistent relationship with that all the way through, and so Goucher neither heard it, which it could have, I guess, you know, um, mm-hmm. or nor, nor helped it particularly. Yeah. Um, so my, you know, my relationship to my faith has remained pretty consistent. I'm, I might have moved a little bit to the left of the orthodox spectrum, a little more left of the orthodox spectrum than I was when I was in college, but that might have happened anyway. I don't, I don't, Goucher didn't have much to do with that, to be mm-hmm. honest, that was a little later. <laughs> um, once I left Baltimore and kind of saw you know, an even bigger universe, um, but I'm still, I'm still observant and proud to be so, and I, I don't think it really had that much of an impact on my book, to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, especially because most of my religious experiences, so to speak, at hmm. I see. Uh, so, uh, we were, like, having this question, so besides, like, increasing the number of students who share your background, what would happen, like, what would that, some resource that would be useful to you that, like, could improve your kind of, like, religious experience at Yaucher? Well, first of all, there have always been, there's always been a very significant percentage of Jewish students at Yaucher. I mean, some of the, it's been, like, 20 to 25% sometimes, consistently. I mean, even really early. I do research on American Jewish women's history. That's what I write about. And I wrote a book about adolescent Jewish girls in the United States between 1860 and 1920. And all the Jewish girls from Baltimore, who all went to Western High School, or East, what was that? There was also then an Eastern female high school. They all went to Goucher. <laughs> and we're talking about in the 1910s. Mm-hmm. So there's always been, my dissertation advisor, actually, who's one of the most uh, prominent American, American women's historians in the world, and she went to Goucher <laughs> in the 60s. Wow. So she was a 60, she's a 61 graduate, because that's just what smart Jewish girls from certain parts of the country, that's just what they did. They went there. Yeah. Keep it, at the time, and also, Goucher was very open to Jewish girls, but some of the other, you know, like some of the sister schools, like Smith, for instance, or Wellesley, were not, were, you know, either outright anti-Semitic or kind of coded, you know, very, very few mm-hmm. Jewish girls went there. So, um, you know, Goucher has had this long history of having a pretty significant Jewish population. But the question is whether it was someplace that observant kids could go easily. And mm. that has really, that has changed. So it's not just about, it's not just the question of like the number of Jewish kids, but also what, you know, if school has to make a commitment, you know, like they have to make the, school has to make the initial commitment, okay, we're going to offer kosher mm. food, even if not very many people take them up on it at first. The fact that it's available means that more will come who want it, probably. Mm-hmm. That's what usually happens. And that's definitely what happened to Goucher. Mm, I see. So it's not so much, it's not only numbers, like of counting, you know, how many Catholics and how many yeah. whatever Episcopalians and how many, it's also, you know, what kinds of services are offered. Mm-hmm. That's true. So and do what you... kind of community there is. And what kind of community there is. Mm, yeah, that's true. So do you feel like if, like, Goucher had provided better services and better resources on campus, like, would you feel more um, welcoming as, like, a religious minority on campus? Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but I don't think, I mean, I don't think that it would have been in their interest, like, they didn't have that many Orthodox kids beating down the doors to go there then. 
know? It's not like, I mean, I was never mad that I didn't have kosher food. Why should they? When I might have been the only student on campus at the time who kept kosher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's crazy. Why should they do that, you know? I never thought that they, I never felt deprived by anything. (laughs) You know, it's hard for this, it's hard for any school to like figure out what's the tipping point. When do we have enough interest? You know, and at the time, like the local theater schools just weren't going to send them enough people to make it worth their while to do certain things. And I never, I mean, no one that I know who went there ever resented that at all. Mm. Um, you know, so I don't think, I, I, I never felt like a minority. Like I was a minority in the sense that I was a religious yeah. observant person. So in that way, like I bet a Catholic person who was deeply religious would also have felt like a minority in that sense. Mm. Not because... It didn't matter if you were Jewish or Catholic, it just meant you were act- actively religious. That would be the minority thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I never, you know, it never it never bothered me that oh. they didn't have that on campus. And, I, and again, like I said, because maybe, and also I think especially because I grew up in Baltimore, knowing that, like, this was an option for me mm-hmm. as long as I lived at home, it wasn't a big deal. So I just lived at home. I, you know? <laughs> yeah. My sister, my sister did not go to Goucher, although they wanted her badly. <laughs> but she wanted, a, she wanted a different kind of school, a bigger one that was less liberal arts oriented. So she went to UMBC. But you know what? She lived at home when she went to UMBC also. She was you know, three years behind me. And oh. she just, you know, UMBC at the time, same thing. No kosher food, no ability. The dorms would have been very difficult on the Sabbath when there's things that you can't do. So she just lived at home too. <laughs> and we just kind of took it for granted. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Um... So recently, Goucher has been working to construct like the Goldsmith Interface Center. What do you think like the values of such place would be? I think there's a lot of value to having an interface center. I think interface activity of any kind is always a positive good. People mm. should, you know, if you get to know somebody, then you're much less likely to hate them, <laughs> or even just under, or even just to understand them. I mean, we could take down the temperature at a college level. I hope. Um, and I think, I also think that given that there's so many, I find as a professor now, you know, I've been teaching for over 20 mm-hmm. years, and oh, wow. I find that I have far more students who have various, who struggle with various things, mental health issues, family issues, whatever it is. People have, there's more, I, I don't know if it's actually more, if people are more willing to admit it or talk about it, but either way, there's more kind of anxiety, mm-hmm. I would say, among students on campus. And I think that having, you know, not, it does, it's not for everybody. But for a lot of people, having some kind of spiritual center to their lives, which doesn't have to mean they become religious fanatics or that they even start being observant, but that they, there's like mm-hmm. something something spiritual available as part of wellness, you know, and it's, it's something that people can take advantage of. And so I think anything like that is always a positive good. And if it helps even one person, but it probably helps a lot of people, like just have mm-hmm. this place to go and talk about something bigger, whatever that is. You know, whatever religious faith, or even if it's not a particular faith, but just having mm-hmm. the idea, I think that could be really helpful to a lot of people who are struggling. And so there's that, you know, there's that angle. And then, you know, there are religious people out there who, who go to college, and their interest in religion, whatever kind of religion it is, is, you know, has not always been served on secular college campuses. And I think it's great that there's room to do that. Mm, that's true. That's true. So uh, had you had the interface center, what would you have used? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, it might have been interesting to kind of hang out with people who wanted to talk about religious issues, but honestly, I don't know if I would have wanted to do that. <laughs> to me, like, it was a little separate, you know. I mean, religion shaped everything about my life on the one hand, but on the other hand, when I was at, on campus, I was almost always either in a class or at the library. Like, I wasn't, I don't know. I, 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 it's a little hard for me now to say how I would or would not have used it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I do like the idea of dialogue. 
Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'd like to think I would have gotten involved in dialogue groups yeah. of various kinds, but I don't. I don't know for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, we at our last question.、Um, so I'm just、uh, curious. Like, do you have any advice or like a story that you would want like to tell people like to the student at Goucher right now? Um, no, I think I think it's really important for people of whatever religious background they are to know that you can go to college and open your mind and learn all kinds of new ideas and things and philosophies and meet all different kinds of people. Like that's the best part of college, all that stuff, and it doesn't have to be a threat to something that you、yeah. value. And I, I think I do think that sometimes there's this fear that you know、mm-hmm. kind of the open-mindedness that you want, uh, uh, you know, for education is somehow a threat. But I I don't feel that way. I've never felt that way personally, and even Now as a professor, I don't that it has to be seen that way.、Um, you know, new ideas just make you kind of have to reexamine your own, and that's not a bad thing. So I think that you know, the, the building up of an interfaith center or you know an interest in religion on campus can、mm. really only be beneficial.、Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That's what we were thinking too, and that's why we want to carry out with like the project. So yeah,、uh, so that's pretty much it. Like that's the end of the interview. Yeah. So、okay. thank you so much for your time and for your interesting、sure. stories and perspective. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, I don't even have any like great funny stories because everything was fine. Yeah, I'm like yeah, but it's、uh, still. Actually, actually, I, you know what? I do have a story. It's not.、Yeah. It's not a bad story, but um. I had a bunch of the same professors over and over again.、Mm-hmm. You know, Goucher was even smaller than than it is、yeah. now. Like there were four, pe- there were four people in the history department. I had a lot of the same professors, and I did remember once. I do remember once.、Um, all the Jewish holidays in the fall, it, they come out on the same days of the week.、Mm-hmm. So, like this, this past year, it was all on Monday, on Tuesdays, and Wednesday. You know, there's certain days of the week that then end up being the days that I would miss a lot of class.、Mm-hmm. And I think like Tuesday was a bad day <laughs> one semester. A professor that I loved, and whose class I really wanted to take. She was giving a seminar on Jane Austen. She was a Jane Austen expert.、Mm-hmm. She's not at Goucher anymore, but、um, she scheduled it for a Tuesday, and I went to her in the spring. You know, before way before registration, when I saw that it was Tuesday, and I asked her. I mean, when I think about it now, I'm like, boy, I had nerve. I asked her to change it so I could take it because <laughs> it was a once a week class, and I was going to miss it like four times, and I couldn't. I couldn't take it basically because I was. Gonna, I was going to have to miss it so often、yeah. that I I wouldn't be able to take it. It wouldn't be fair to her or me or anyone else. And I I just I can't believe I had the nerve. But I did. I asked her. I told her why. You know, I had her before, and I said, "Would you would you consider teaching it on Mondays instead or whatever it was?" And she changed it. Oh wow! <laughs> and when I think about it now, like that would so never happen where I teach. <laughs> not because not because professors would want to be mean, but it's just there's too many moving、yeah, parts. Yeah, that's true. Once listed, once it's in the catalog and listed, forget it. Like you cannot just change the date.、Mm-hmm. You know,、um, but everything was so small and personal, and most of my classes had like ten people in them. And, you know, yeah. And she did. She and she was so she didn't even blink an eye. She was like, "Oh, yes, I, if you want to take the class, okay, we can do it on Thursday or whatever it was." <laughs> wow. So that was a really nice story, yeah, and、definitely. you know, and, and I would not have been upset if she had said no because obviously, yeah, you know. But, but yeah. she didn't say no. <laughs> so that's something that I've always, you know, that's one of the reasons why I loved Goucher. People were so、yeah. friendly and accommodating, and like you know. I wouldn't have asked if it had been because I wanted to go swimming on Tuesdays, but for a religious reason, I asked, and <laughs> no. she just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's really. That's yeah. That's great. I'm glad she did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so do you have any question for me or about the project or anything? No, 
um, I'd appreciate being kept updated about you know how things are going. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, uh, we will send you like any updates if we actually put like the stories and the project online. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. And okay. Yeah. So actually, one thing I would like—I mean, before anything that I just said like, goes online, you know, goes public, I would like a chance to review it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We will send you that before. Also. Okay. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Okay. Okay. Thank you, and have a good okay. day. Thank you. Have a great semester. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh. This is January 21st. The interview was done by me, Win Win, and Melissa Clapper, class of 95.